I know the season of Advent comes around once a year, just like Christmas and Lent and Easter, and I'm sure some of it all gets repetitive. Of course, it is repetitive. A calendar repeats. But life doesn't repeat. I've never been 43 before this year. I've never tried to parent a child with a driver's license till yesterday. So a calendar isn't actually putting my life on repeat. What a calendar can do is offer some color, some shape to our constantly changing lives. I've really liked the, the color and shape our Advent devotions have offered us this year. Centering on a word each day has been great. And just like we do here in worship with the wreath, my family, when we share dinner together, which is more often than most years, we take a moment to light the candles around our home wreath and we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And although I've done Advent many, many times, it's painted my December with a little different color this year than most. It's cut a little different shape. But not because Advent changed. It's because this year is different, and I am different. Advent readings and devotions are typically about waiting and hoping and leaning into God's joy and God's peace and God's love. Advent is about preparing for these gifts God gives so freely and abundantly. And then on Christmas, we all celebrate the incarnation of all this grace we've been anticipating. Jesus is grace in the flesh. But what that meant to me when I was 15 and my, my life was lived in an effort to make the basketball team or what grace in the flesh meant for me at 27 after the birth of our first child, it's the same calendar for sure, but I'm not living the same part of my life. To say nothing of 2020 itself, talk about a different kind of year. Much of what is different was not asked for. Much of it is unwanted. Much of it is different in 2020. And much of what is different in 2020 was or still is resisted. Which makes sense because even in more normal times, it just seems easier to want to keep things the same. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know, that kind of thing. And so we try to hold on. I've mentioned before that Ben Folds is my favorite songwriter. There's one song that haunts me often. It's called Still. It's pretty slow. And the way he sings the words, it feels a little bit sad. But there's also, ingeniously, amidst the faint sadness, a triumphant, strong, persistent, beat that makes the song keep going, much like life amidst sadnesses that we know. Here's some of what he sings. He sings, I must give the impression that I have the answers for everything. You were so disappointed to see me unravel so easily, but it's only change, only everything I know. And even the things that seem still are still changing. It's a song about how unavoidable change is, that even the things that seem still are still changing. 
This next verse I'm going to share speaks to how many of us try to cope with all this uncontrollable change. He sings, I stay focused on details. It keeps me from feeling the big things. But watch the microscope long enough. Things that seem still are still changing. I've talked to enough people over the years to know how emotionally difficult it can be to, for example, watch your youngest child leave the house or to accept that you are old enough to be a grandparent or to admit your own parent has needs they never had before. I've known mothers and fathers of the bride or groom who are not really willing to become a mother-in-law or father-in-law, sometimes fearful about losing their child to another family. I've known pastors unwilling to leave a comfortable call, pastors resistant to accept a new call. We're told that that little, for all, little itty-bitties, that they thrive on schedules, sleep schedules, eating schedules, play schedules, and yet those schedules, which can be so very rigid and comforting, they change over time. Even the things that seem still are still changing. 2020 has felt like an excruciatingly long lesson on acceptance. Accept that to be in public, you really should wear a mask. And you really should avoid being in public, (laughs) if possible. Accept that although you may not be maliciously, personally racist, you do benefit greatly from living within systems built on racism. Accept that the Earth's climate is changing faster than would be natural, which means our collective habits require examination. Accept that our historically nice state of Wisconsin is as politically divided as any place in the country. Accept that church and school really shouldn't gather in the ways they usually do. Neither should friends, and if not for your own sake, for the sake of the more vulnerable. Now, I've only named the big cultural things we're struggling to accept together. I haven't even gotten into any personal changes that you may face. Confronted with so much, we all resist at least some of this stuff to various degrees. And if we're honest, we're at least sometimes unwilling, hesitant, resistant. With all these challenges before us, so freshly before us, I think it makes this story about Mary, the mother of God, even more incredible. Unwilling, hesitant, and resistant are words that are the exact opposite from the words I'd use to describe her in this moment we hear about from the Gospel of Luke today. Luke tells this story where Mary is called to a birth. Mark Allen Powell, one of my favorite biblical scholars, points out that this text for today sounds a lot like a birth announcement, like the way they would have done it in the Old Testament when Ishmael or Isaac are to be born. Genesis recounts a similar kind of announcement moment, comparable to how the angel announces to Mary what's happening. It's a lot like when Samson is to be born to Hannah. It's it's a big deal, much like this. But this Luke text for today also follows a form from the Old Testament used to describe the call of a prophet. You know how an author can help you understand you're about to hear a fairy tale by starting their story once upon a time, right? Well, there's, there's a form 
to a fairy tale. Well, there's all kinds of these literary devices in the Bible, and one of them in the Old Testament is the way a prophet is called to serve God. There's a call narrative for Moses, for Elijah, for Elisha, for Jeremiah. Most every prophet has a call story, and they all go very similarly. Well, this text from Luke goes a lot like one of those. There's a greeting, there's a startled reaction, an exhortation to not fear, there's a divine commission, an objection, a reassurance, and then an offer of a sign that will confirm the call. What does Isaiah say in his call story? Here am I, send me, he says. We in 2020, we've been challenged to accept a lot. I know I can be unwilling, I can be hesitant, I can be reluctant. Mary is challenged to accept something that's going to change everything for her. A call to a birth, a birth that's going to happen through her. By the power of the Holy Spirit, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Uh Uh-oh. Some of us get a call like that, and the first thing we think is, great, what do you want? Mary is said to be perplexed. So the angel Gabriel spells it out. Now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you'll name him Jesus. Mary does not at this point resist. She doesn't hesitate. She's not unwilling. Instead, she asks, how? Like, if this is what's going to happen, I feel like you need to know, I'm still a virgin, so this might not work. I want to be a team player, but... To which the angel says, here's how it's going to work. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Always makes me think of the breath of God as it swept over the waters at creation, that they're now going to sweep over Mary. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He'll be called the Son of God. You know Elizabeth, in her old age, she has also conceived a son... And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Something otherwise impossible is happening to Mary. If you've ever received especially bad news or especially amazingly good news, it takes a moment to digest, right? Nine months into a pandemic that's killed at least 300,000 Americans, creeping up on 2 million global deaths, and plenty of people are still digesting what sounds like and feels like impossible news. To resist, to hesitate, to be unwilling, these would be perfectly ordinary responses. But Mary has been graced with extraordinary faith. So Mary echoes the prophet Isaiah with words of obedience and acceptance. Here am I the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departs. The trust Mary lives with reflects the faith she lives with. She was called to a birth. And she accepted that call. Mary knows this will change everything. Just as we know, accepting A call to wear masks and socially distance ourselves changes a lot. Accepting a call to be anti-racist is going to change the tenor of our politics and our financial choices and so much more. Accepting that the climate is changing at an unnatural pace is going to affect our behaviors. We may want to stay focused on details because we think it will keep us from feeling the big things, 
But God calls us Christians to the big things. Who else is going to do it? And if not Mary, who else is going to bear and raise the Son of God? Here am I, she says. And we can too. We can accept the good news that Jesus is born to change this changing world. As much as the angel doesn't soften the call by saying something like, well, Mary, you know, it's just a little favor God needs from you. It's no big thing. You'll be able to carry on much like you always have. Conceiving and giving birth to Jesus is going to change everything about Mary's life. But as much as she is called to this birth, so are we called to that birth. We're called to accept that God's grace is born at Christmas. A grace that not only saves us, but changes us. We're saved for a purpose, to follow this Savior, no one and nothing else. And in the following, we will confront our worst habits, personally and communally. We will confront the stuff we try to ignore. We will turn away from our efforts to control everything. We will open ourselves to God's healing and wholeness and live in faith rather than in fear or greed or lust or envy. This call we receive every Advent, it's good news every Advent. Will you accept that call this year? The call to this birth?